0: Hello and welcome to the third episode of this podcast, Fishing for Answers, with me, Sam Bowden, The podcast that explores various aspects surrounding today's fishing industry. Now, in the last episode, I guess we kind of checked out whether the sharks in Finding Nemo actually had a point. Let us all say the pledge. I am a nice shark, shark. not Not a mindless eating machine. machine. If If I I am to change this image, image, I must first change change myself. myself. Fish are friends. Not
1: food, except stinking
0: golfers. I thought that jingle would link episode 2 to this one quite nicely. If you missed episode 2 then please go back and listen to The Ethical Treatment now on Spotify. And if you haven't worked out what the link is from that previous soundbite, we've covered the friends bit and now it's time to talk about the food bit. Now, at the time of recording, the nation and most of the world, to be honest, is going through the COVID-19 pandemic. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, then please tell me what rock you've been living under for the past four months or so. And this has meant that recording some interviews for the podcast has been really quite difficult with the, you know, the social distancing rules and self-isolation methods that everyone is currently putting into practice well most people i had the kayak out ready actually to go for a little paddle thinking that was like severe social distancing which it kind of is but apparently not allowed to do that but yeah it's also meant that i can't really meet people to do interviews for the sake of my own health and other people's which is totally understandable so this podcast and some others have had to be done slightly differently so thank you for those who like today's guest have worked around that for me Putting all that aside, this interview with dietetics student Jonathan Sumner gives us a brief look at fish and its place in the human diet. So let's get straight on into that one. Yeah,
1: um, I'm studying dietetics. So for those who don't know what it is, I'm studying to be a student dietitian. And dietitians are the only healthcare professionals who are experts in nutrition that can work in hospitals
0: excellent obviously because mm. with this with this segment of the podcast we're covering diet when it comes to fishing um, yeah now in the previous in the previous episodes we've already discussed fish from an ethical point of view so we will avoid going down that route as your expertise line obviously dietetics so what does fish in our diet offer us humans does it have a place on our plates
1: well uh, to first answer the first question what does it offer humans fish? Well, it's a really, really good source of protein. Selenium, which is another mineral, which is good for a thyroid, for your hormones. And zinc, which is good for immune function. And as many people might be familiar with, it's really high in omega-3, certain kinds of fish. So omega-3 is really good for decreasing inflammation in the body, increasing your memory, and for your heart health. And to answer your second question, does it have a place? Well, by... By you saying, does it have a place? I'm assuming that um, we're saying that is it essential and we need fish in our diet. Um, long story short, we don't need fish in the diet. It's not a required item because we can get its nutrients from other sources.
0: Um, so, yeah, you like to so if you just go into that a bit more, obviously, because people obviously heavily look at the omega three and the protein content. That comes from the fish, but between 15 and 30% of the fat in fish is saturated. So what is, what is saturated fat for those who don't know?
1: So there are three kinds of fats, polyunsaturated, monounsaturated and saturated fats. So the good fats are the mono and the poly and saturated is the kind of fat which we need to decrease on. It's found in animal proteins. It's in, it's found in, um, cupcakes and whipped cream and things. unsaturated. oh yeah, uh, just to go on, is found in avocados, olive oil, the Mediterranean sources of fats and nuts. And omega-3 is found in fish. And also later on, I'm gonna explain
0: the alternatives to omega-3. Excellent, so that'll avoid me going on a little freestyle question there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so to lead on, mercury, um, arsenic and lead poisoning are just a few poisons found in sea animals, obviously thanks to human pollution, Mm. mainly. Um, Mm -hmm. Fish can have extremely high levels of chemical residues in their flesh and their fats. So how do we know Mm. that we aren't going to be intaking any of this? Do we know if we're going to be intaking any of this if it's in our diet? As you know, as a regular customer going to the Mm -hmm. supermarket, these things would be quite hard to trace, obviously.
1: Yeah. Well, there is really one one easy way to uh, find out if a food a kind of fish is high in certain chemical residue, is just by figuring out the size of the fish. So one popular um, fish, well it's not really popular to be eaten, but a popular one known for its high chemical content is sharks and swordfish. So um, the reason why they have so much chemical residue and mercury content is they're just really big fish uh, compared to your normal sardines. and. They live longer, so they live in the sea longer, so they're taking in more mercury. And mercury has um, a long life, probably I think it's like several months, and it just builds up over time. So what I would do is to decrease the intake of shark meat and swordfish and go for the little fishes, which have very, very, or well, I can't say no, but very, very little um, mercury and chemical, which would be like sardines and pilchards.
0: Yeah, so for those obviously listening who are eating shark and swordfish, stop what you're doing because it's obviously quite <laughs> high in mercury. Um but why why is mercury bad? We we know the statement mercury's not a great thing and all these other things, mm-hmm. but why why in particular mercury? Why is that bad?
1: Well, I think um for for that reason, mercury is found in, uh, quote me if I'm wrong, probably like in batteries, industrial items and it's not meant to be No. Yeah. I think you're oh, right okay, there. Thanks. Yeah. It's not meant to be in our bodies. <laughs> so high amounts of mercury can lead to uh, nerve damage. So in the long run, it could, well, some studies show it can like
0: lead to Parkinson's disease, which is like motor neuron disease. In the, um, the where the fish should mm. be in the food triangle debate is that PCBs are a big talking point there. Mm-hmm. So PCBs are, are very common in fish food or fish in sea life as some people call them. Why why PCBs bad? What what sort of place do they have in a in a diet?
1: Well, uh, as I said earlier, um, fish is not an essential item in the food triangle. Well, in the UK we have it's like similar to a food triangle, but it's called an Eat Well Guide. So the Eat Well Guide, similar to the food triangle, is a pie. It's kind of like a pie chart on certain amounts of certain types of foods, food groups. Right. And in that pie chart, it's separated into uh, let me try to remember fruits and vegetables, which is one third of the pie chart. One third is starchy carbs. And the rest is, it has its own section beans, pulses, fish, eggs, meat, and alternatives. Right. So the fact that it has many choices in the protein section means fish is not an essential item, it can be replaced.
0: But then on the on the flip side, we obviously see um, if you look at Mediterranean islands and sort mm-hmm. of people living, you see these documentaries of tribal life. And these people yeah. are heavily, obviously heavily a fish diet, but they look so healthy. Is what about those people in those countries who literally can't get anything else other than the, the fish that they catch?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a really, really good point uh, over there. But one thing we need to take notice is health is like a three legged stool. So the three legs of health is sleep, exercise, and the diet. So diet is only one bit of um, the whole picture. So yes, they might be consuming more or like primarily a fish-based diet, but um, they have they might be having excellent levels of um, exercise, could be getting as much sleep, and probably not as much stress as someone who works in an office job. So all of this... Um, talk about diet
0: it's just one factor in a really really big picture so with with that if fish isn't considered essential with the new food groups that you just mm-hmm. spoke about is mm-hmm. there is there any point for the term pescatarian oh that's really really
1: controversial i think um it's up to a person's preference to be honest
0: um but with the, with I... all those things that we just spoken about is it then yeah. doing more harm than good Ooh. um Well, to be honest, like other
1: things, it's about looking about the whole picture, but according to the BDA, the British Dietetic Association, they made an evidence um, to support the claim that um, having fish, uh, one to two portions a week, is considered safe, with one of the fish portions being oily fish, and the other being a non-oily fish. So the oily fish could be salmon and mackerel, and that one oily fish, shark meat or swordfish, but... In general, try to avoid as much as possible, because the fact that it's not recommended by the BDA for pregnant women and breastfeeding women to have any shark meat at all or any swordfish just shows how chemically dense it is. But mm. what about
0: like your standard cod, oh. your salmon, which are, you know, you know they're yeah. accepted and people have them every Friday for those, because, mm. you know, a bit of a tradition over here. So what about, what about the standard fish? Is there, should we still be going to places and whether they're caught locally Mm. or farmed industrially, Um, should we still be eating that? If you want to include it in your diet, but ideally just try to go for the wild caught fish
1: because farmed fish Mm. are like industrially, it's like controversial again, but quote unquote artificially bred. So it's in a very, very controlled environment. If it's wild caught. Then you're getting the fish with its full nutrient content
0: um, Did you see there was a study towards the end of last year that was done on It's gonna sound gross but human feces um, And they actually those who ate fish um, their feces contained uh some kind of trace of plastic fibers or chemicals or whatever it was mm. with this in mind <sighs> i don't know how to word this one um so have you seen did you see, did you see planet earth 2 a few no, years actually,
1: ago actually. Um, everyone's gonna hate me for this but i haven't seen planet uh, earth
0: i'm sure they'll forgive you but <laughs> just give you a spoiler alert mm. and there's an episode towards the end um there's quite a heavy bit of footage where a mother mink whale was carrying her calf in her mouth mm-hmm. as she was doing this it just trailed dead behind her mm. and there is some evidence to suggest that human pollution has found its way into the the mother's system contaminating, mm. contaminating its milk and so poisoning it. Yeah. And they think it's to do with the plastic pollution that's in that environment. So is there not a case here for humans being also more susceptible? If it can be in the milk of a mink whale, could it be in the plastic? Could the plastic be in the fish, in the in the flesh of fish, given the current mm. state of our environment?
1: Well, that's, well, that's really, really interesting. Um, well, I think that's not my specialty, but... Um, I would recommend just to avoid, well, not avoid, but reduce your intake of fish, because the British Dietetic Association, they have this new project, well, new, it's like one or two years in in progress so far. It's called the One Blue Dot program. So the One Blue Dot program by the British Dietetic Dietetic Association is a program for the general population to decrease their intake of animal, Um, products, so that would mean like dairy um, decrease their intake of animal proteins and opt for more vegetarian options Right, because of that reason, because of uh, antibiotics, chemicals, from going into the animals and passing on to us, like although it's again like um, really trace elements, in the long run it could affect us and with nutrition studies You might say, like, this certain item might be affecting you. Um, It's because of this, it's because of this. But in the long run, it's um, the accumulation of many, many little things that happened. So, yeah, in that uh, long story short, I would agree that we need to decrease our
0: uh, intake of fish. Um, Did you say it was called the BDA? Yeah, the British Dietetic Association. So how does the BDA go about putting that together with the one blue dot?
1: Yes, um, the BDA invented, um, probably not the right, lack of a better word, invented the One Blue Dot. And the One Blue Dot is based on other organizations. I haven't really um, researched into it really well, but it's uh, working with non-government o- organizations to decrease intake of certain exploited um, animals and
0: exploited um, products. Um- have you ever heard of the MSC labels on fish? Yes, I have. On fish? Um, so for those who don't know, the MSC is the Marine Stewardship Council, and those are the labels on the fish, which generally tell us how sustainable these fish that, they sell, that they're selling mm. us are. And then a lot of the time, they come from farmed environments. What people don't know in these farmed environments, there's a lot of bad in those farms because obviously they're, they're in water. There's not a lot of filtration going on there. They're very confined they're a lot of the time just swimming in feces there there's loads of antibiotics in there there's chemicals there's cage materials all of this but that can slip mm. through when it's you know when it's put in a packaging and put an msc label on the front of it so is is that a problem in in the diet industry um... or does it not really take diet is it sort of favouring the like sustainability when it comes to numbers instead of diet
1: um i would say it uh, favors on sustainability you could find um which kind of fish are like a bit worrisome so you mentioned that um some fish are like swimming in the feces um if you're eating right now uh just mm, suggest that you just cover your ears for like a second or two That <laughs> um one popular fish i don't know if you already know is tilapia okay have you heard of that no i haven't oh tilapia is the most um farmed fish and it's mainly found in china so what they do is they it's also mostly farmed because it's really really easy you don't even have to feed it anything right there's only one thing it uh eats and it's really cheap it's (laughs) you know what it is it's uh poop so what they do is (laughs) what they do is they get uh chickens to like basically poop into the um sea and the tilapia can just, like, grow on its own. It's its own ecosystem in just basically a farm. And okay. And then that the feces can uh, somehow get into people's mouths. So I wouldn't
0: recommend eating tilapia. So there you go, but... people. Those in quarantine, if you think your life is pretty bad <laughs> right now, then you could be a tilapia eating poo for your life and then being slaughtered in China.
1: Yeah, even if it's really cheap, I wouldn't recommend it. But, yeah, it's... Re- with all of this, it's really, really hard to pinpoint which is sustainable, which is safe, in the grand scheme of things. But uh, the good of, the best advice I would recommend is try to um, go for the MSC label, so it's sustainable, and also go for the farmed options. Uh, not the farmed, I mean the, the wild options. Mm. Although it's a little more expensive, in the long run, you're
0: taking care of your health, which is the, all that matters. Um, do you know what sort of happens to fish meat if it's spoiled? Mm. so by spoiled I mean with the the common ways uh that fish are killed these days, they're either thrown straight on ice, which you know comes across as fresh, mm-hmm. but it means they're suffocating really slowly, so they're struggling, and which means lactic acid is fired into the muscles, and this lactic acid when the avish- when the fish eventually dies obviously stays there for a bit, and that deteriorates mm. the meat a bit quicker. So obviously we don't know how long the fish on our shelves has been there unless it's actually said it's being caught that day. So Mm. again, is this something that we need to take into consideration or does it not matter that much?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. You have to take into consideration because fish is a kind of, um, especially when raw, it goes off really, really quickly. And one way you can tell if fish has gone off is if it smells fishy. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Didn't expect that coming, but um, but you
0: you walk through like a fishery and it mm, stinks of fish and they're all claimed to be caught that day. So mm, is that all of that fish is off? Well, kind of.
1: Well, it's not really right. off.
0: But naturally, fish has a normal fish
1: fishy smell. Mm. Um, and what they do in normal fisheries, probably, uh, are we talking about the ones where they display it open in front of everyone? Yeah, sure. Yeah, because what they do is they just um, preserve it by just just by putting salt, nothing else. Okay. Which is really um, risky. So I would okay. just recommend um, going for the frozen options because what they do with the frozen options is they catch the fish and then they flash freeze them the moment they're caught rather than
0: going for raw options. That's actually really interesting when you said about the fishy smell because in the first episode, I went around with Matthew Faith, a marine biology student. Mm-hmm. And um, when he was dissecting the fish in front of me, I mentioned you can actually smell that. That fishy smell at all obviously because it was caught that day so that's a really interesting fact mm. um so then from from a from a dietitian's point of view mm-hmm. just really quickly sum up if someone wants to eat fish what is the recommended amount because obviously it's something we don't look at we just accept that we can have it as much as we want because it's deemed healthy and if, if this isn't the best thing what what are the best substitutes to to get all those you know the omega-3s mm. the proteins all those other things but without the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, well, to sum it up,
1: fish, it has a place in it, in a human's diet, a human's diet, um, but it's not essential because we can replace these certain nutrients, the nutrients which could be like protein, selenium, zinc, and omega-3. And we would recommend, the BDA recommends having one to two portions of fish a week, which one, which with, with one of them being oily fish, which would be your salmon or mackerel. Right. And one portion for those who are not familiar is a portion of fish is 140 grams or the size of your palm.
0: Okay. So it's actually and, quite small. Yeah. It's not, it's not really that big. Well, it depends on how big your hands are. But if I'm looking at my hands yeah, right yeah. now, then <laughs> oh yeah, yeah definitely. it's not an awful lot.
1: Well, it depends because uh, a bigger person would have a bigger hand. So in the long run, um it all evens up. To your body's requirements. sure but um yes it does not have a place that doesn't mean we should avoid fish but you can easily replace it so you can replace the protein for alternatives like vegan or vegetarian alternatives like corn sausages there's lots of um new meat alternatives popping out to the mm. supermarkets mm-hmm. and you can get selenium from brazil nuts, zinc from nuts also, and um, the big thing, the big omega-3, does not only come from fish, it's found easily in linseeds, or also known as flax seeds, chia seeds, and seaweed. So, you can easily get your omega-3 requirements by sprinkling flax seeds onto your
0: uh, porridge, for example. Or you can just supplement if you want. And one other thing you mentioned selenium, yeah, well, I've never heard of that before. What is that? Mm, selenium selenium is a a mineral, and just like
1: minerals, which is other minerals could be like potassium, you know, like the elements in the table, the periodic table, yeah. so it's um uh, it has an important role for thyroid function, so the thyroid is a little um organ. I think it's called an organ, uh, and our necks. And what it does is it regulates our metabolism and regulates the amount of hormones. So, if you have a poor level, low level of selenium, which means uh, poor thyroid function, then the hormones can get really uh, can lose, get out of whack. So you could just have insulin resistance, which means your body won't store sugar. You can get um, poor bone health, you can always feel hot like you have a fever. So the thyroid has a really, really important role for
0: in the body. So not exactly the response I expected, if I'm being completely honest, which has made this all the more interesting from my point of view, I guess. Now, I grew up accepting that it's an important part of my diet. But here we have Jonathan, way more knowledgeable than myself on these things, telling me that actually it's not essential. Diet is always a hotly debated subject matter which changes almost yearly in the science and nutrition world thanks to new studies or advances in technology. So I guess the question again I pose is where do you sit on this fence? Are you still convinced that fish is an essential part of a human's diet for protein and cholesterol and the omega-3 oils or are you more sitting on the side of the fence which says no actually i can get all these things from different sources like jonathan was saying so please let me know via twitter your thoughts at samuel underscore bowden underscore i'm always intrigued to hear people's responses at the end of each podcast whether their views have stayed the same or whether they've changed so please get in touch and let me know it's all very useful for myself too and before we finish a huge thank you for all of you listening and a special thank you to my guest this time jonathan sumner see you all on the next episode